0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of drive time. Money FM eighty nine point three. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chuan Tian Tian. Time now for market view. As always, Tian Tian, take us through some of the winners, losers, and basically get us all set up for Mm. this conversation.
1: Sure, so a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore's shares opened lower and the Straits Times index was down zero point two percent in early trade. We're looking at three thousand three hundred and fifty-one points, some seventy-one point five million securities changed hands. Now let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed up zero point zero four percent at three thousand three hundred and sixty points. In terms of value turnover, that's eight hundred and eighty-three million sing dollars. Again in Trail losers though two hundred and twenty two verses. 329. Top advances for the day, JMH USD, HOPA as well as Shangri-La Hong Kong dollars and uh, top decliners for the day, we have Spindex Industries, Neo Incorporation USD and Jardin Cycle and Carriage. Now some notable names seeing new developments for today, a UOL Group and a Singapore Land Group which purchased Mayer Park for 392 million SING dollars via a collective sale. Much to watch joining us as we break down all that market movements. Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at SIA well. Benjamin, welcome to the show.
0: Hello, hi. How are you?
1: Good. And Ben, let's start with the usuals. How has the STI closed the week? How do you think uh, it performed relative to that slew of earnings we saw over the past five trading days?
0: Well, certainly there's been a whole bunch of uh, earning reports that came out this week. We have caught a couple of interesting numbers. SGX reported earnings for the first half of their fiscal year 2023 um, profit was up about 30 percent. Ebitda upped about 9 percent, and very much in line to uh, beat analyst um, expectations of a 5 percent growth for the full year. I think what's interesting with the uh, SGEX numbers is that the treasury income was up and eye popping 86 percent in the first half, um, and this should continue alongside higher interest rates. So if the global inflation environment is still going to be elevated, uh, I think this should, this trend of high treasury uh, income uh, should bode well for uh, SGX full year earnings. Uh, the other good thing about um, the report, or rather the uh, release that came out, was that there was management guidance the full-year expenses are expected to grow at about 7%. Uh, this is uh, very much at the low end of its uh, previous guidance of between 7 to 9%. So you couple that alongside with um, higher revenue coming mm-hmm. from the risk trading. Uh, that's uh, you know, very good news as it will help SGX offset its lower trading volume from the equities market. Uh, the other thing that could actually be interesting here is that the China's reopening but also add a little bit of an uplift in terms of fixed income, commodities, and currency trading for our SGX as uh, global portfolio managers start looking to diversification. Now, as you mentioned just now, um, the Singapore market ended today at about 3,360 points, but it started the week at 3,392 points. Mm. So f- on a weekly basis, that is a drop of 0.9%, which is... More or less in line with the U.S. market, so you can think of it as a little bit of uh, light profit-taking in the week. Uh, I think next week things are going to be heating up because mm-hmm. uh, tonight, actually, the 10th of February, we have the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index coming out of the U.S., uh, and on the 14th, on Valentine's Day, uh, the U.S. CPI numbers will be coming out. So I think maybe this week, there's, uh, yes, you've got the uh, news and volatility coming out from the earnings releases, but I think the market is quoting is breath for the big numbers coming out of the US uh, next week. Mm. Uh, Benjamin, uh, let's talk about some of the biggest uh, movers for today, in particular in the news. Uh, we've been talking about how SEPCOP Industries uh, announced plans to co establish five Vietnam Singapore industrial parks with uh, mm-hmm. BKIMX IDC. How are they doing on the back of those announcements? Well, it's certainly a very bullish news because having a very well known partner like that drawing, uh, do a joint venture there with them is, uh, you know, it well for their governance as well as their business plans. So I think more information is uh, probably forthcoming. So we need to take a look at the details before working out the uh, financial models. But on the back of that, on the, just on the face of it, it looks uh, like it's very bullish, um, you know, development for the company itself all right uh, benjamin let's uh, let's zoom in on the headline for today Meyer Park sold to UOL Singapore Land Group uh, for three hundred and ninety two million dollars that's a third on block attempt. What do you think this move will mean for both companies well it's probably a great opportunity for the joint venture because they managed to purchase the Close to 9,000 square meter piece of land for a rather reasonable price. I think it works out to be about $1,700 per square foot or something all in. Um, so the location itself is good. with have several popular schools nearby and it's next to the ECP. So it's one way, you turn right, you go to Orchard Road. Turn left, you go to uh, Changi Airport. Um, now, we have also seen some anecdotal data points showing growing interest in the Singapore market from foreign buyers, uh, especially from uh, China. Um and we're not talking about the people who are moving to, you know, Santosa Cove, right? We're talking about the middle class uh, looking for condominiums. So they could be coming here, um, they you know, looking for a place to live uh, as well as uh, looking for something to invest in. So the takeable rents have as you have uh probably already know have spiked quite a fair bit, uh, but certainly have not caught up with Hong Kong. So all these um, you know, points uh, well, points to a really active property market in the next few months. Uh, certainly, on a very personal basis, I've gotten a lot of newsletters, uh, brochures from real estate agents asking me whether I want to sell my house. <laughs> and unsolicited phone calls. So, yes, very vibrant. Good thing that they are buying this piece of property. Uh, once it comes online in a couple of months, uh, I think it will be good for them.
1: So are you going to sell your house if the price is right? Well, <laughs> well but anyway, um, we are now in conversation with uh, Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at SIA as well. Uh, speaking of property, uh, Ben, let's look at uh, property and retail player Wing tie. Net profit there up 18% year on year, despite revenue down 15% in the same mm. period. How do you read into the numbers then?
0: Well, it's a little bit of an accounting aspect here because previously they had booked a, a tax provision for i think I believe thirteen point five million dollars so so if you're an accountant, you know what this means is that according to the accounting rules, you need to mm. set aside that amount of money and then book it in as an expense. yeah there was in some previous period that had had already been uh, absorbed uh, or reported as a loss. Mm. and if they were to reverse that right now it's going to come back as a credit therefore boosting its top line uh, mm, or rather its bottom line yeah. its profit yeah right. but certainly if uh, you know aside from this accounting uh, treatment um, the company itself has reported healthier profits from its joint ventures and associates so that is up year on year and it's mainly driven by its unique low stores in Singapore as well as Malaysia so I, I think apart from that um, you do have falling revenue from its development properties, but it looks as though the company has done a good job in growing profit, um, you know, even though they've been, they've been seeing a very challenging uh, revenue uh, picture over there.
1: Well, Ben, let's take a look at Yoma strategic making for mm. news as well. Revenue up 76% on a yearly basis, boosted by real estate development. Now, what's the outlook for the company, given the uncertainties involved and also where it is operating in?
0: Well, okay, so let's bifurcate the numbers a little bit. Uh, mm. If you look at contributions from real estate development, the revenue growth there was about 96.5%. Mm. Uh, financial services uh, business grew by about 336%, and I really had to change this number again. Um, but it really says that, you know, as a group, uh, the company appears to be doing well, not just by, not just from its uh, property uh, arm, but also its overall F&B as well as its uh, more consumer-based kind of business. Um, so the group itself has certainly benefited from better than expected demand during holiday season, uh, as well as their own, uh, you know, domestic consumption. Um, now that said, Yoma is uh, mainly concentrated in the domestic market of Myanmar. Yeah. Um, and that is. You know, whether it's rightly or wrongly, that's seen as the emerging market. Uh, generally mm. speaking, if you're talking about finances, banking, uh, lending, so on and so forth, emerging markets tend to get a short end of the stick wherever the global economy ends mm. up uh, in hard lending. Yeah. So we have to see how it works out. So company doing well, but uh, I think there's a little bit of a more uh, geopolitical, geographical
1: risk there. All right, thank you very much, Ben. That was Benjamin Goh, Head of Research and Investor Education at CS. Have a great weekend ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation,
0: and risk tolerance.